0: Today we are we are talking about trust. And we will talk about, about this word for various different reasons. I think it's a, it's a word that means a lot. It's a word that is multifaceted. It kind of we can come to it from different angles. And I think our history, short history, has shown that we like those words. We like exploring notions. That we can approach from different angles. And it's a word that personally I think it's very, very relevant at the moment. And for a couple of reasons. First, because to business, be it's always been relevant. It, it's always been trendy because it's a word and it's um and it's an it's an idea, it's a concept, however we want we wanna call it, that is very important for people, for the interpersonal relationships but also the organizational relationships that we that we build and it's even more relevant in times of crisis like the one that we are currently experiencing where trust is one of the things the first things that suffers in again all of the different areas that we will that we will try and explore it from
1: during a crisis in general and but also as we are going through a crisis at the moment it's great to talk more about that
0: and explore it yes exactly and I know that I know your, your love about actually definitions so I thought I thought because there are a lot of different definitions out there of trust and I think because also trust is something that we experience. I mean, someone could even argue that it's actually a feeling, something that you're sensing. You either build or feel trust or feel trusted so you can be the source, but also the the recipient of trust. And other people actually could say that it's a currency as we have have read um, in articles and research. Um, Other people actually could even say that it's a social glue or social lubricant depending on how you see it. Is it actually a connector bringing things together, in which case a glue? Or is it something that removes the friction, in which case a social lubricant? So these are different kind of words that have been associated with trust and have been used for definitions in trust. Um, Any words that come to mind for you when you're thinking about trust?
1: And uh, so I loved your explanations. Uh so you're not taking the very extreme route of definition. You're giving a different no, what I mean is that you're Sorry, I don't know. you haven't been <laughs> No, but it's um the way we use it that you, you try to, I like how you're using trust in the way that we have, uh, we experience it in our lives uh, in different ways. I think uh, for me, trust is really, in my mind, at least the way I understand it, it's a contract. Mm-hmm. It's a contract that you have with uh, people, institutions, um, societies. It's uh, what we, I mean, in everything we do, there is an element of trust. If you, for instance, uh, you take um, uh, shopping, usually you go to a store, you're going to select the product, uh, they, they, the doors are wide open, they trust you that you'll go and pay, right? There's, uh, there isn't, so in every single store isn't like uh, the security that you find in a bank right there's uh, Mm -hmm. elements of trust in every single in the pub let's say Mm -hmm. well maybe it's not the best example because you pay up front but take a a a restaurant or a coffee shop um, where you go you use the services and then they trust you that you will pay later right so and a lot of things that we do on our daily lives uh, we have uh, trust you know we trust our friends we trust uh, our coworkers. we trust um, the people that we buy from we trust that the the products are good we trust our doctors so in a lot of elements trust is uh, you know very important when i say it's a contract it's also a contract when it comes to with your friends in a way like you know that you can trust them it's a it's a contract that has been signed, uh, you know, with uh, um, the, the most uh, possible, the strongest ink ever, if mm-hmm. you want. And um, that's why in my mind uh, I go to that word, even if it's not a very pretty
0: word. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great word because, and I, and I love the positivity with which you define it when you're using the word contract, because contracts, and our legal background can confirm that can also be broken. So it's a contract that uh, that that, depending on the behaviors, uh, can can be broken at any point. So what is what is really i think interesting and fascinating about this word is that it's not a given, and this is why we want to talk about it today. It's 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 a contract. If we use the analogy of the contract, if we use the word of contract, which which I really like, but everything else that we said also before, but it's something that you should constantly nurture, you should constantly build, and if it breaks, you need to rebuild it and one of the reasons that we said that the um, that the trust is that trust is relevant at the moment is because if we are feeling that trust is being questioned or trust is being broken at the moment between a lot of different relationships that we have, a lot of them you already mentioned. We need to rebuild it, we need to reinstate it, or build it afresh in some cases, in order to move us to the new era, to the new normal. And I know that a lot of people are bored with hearing the phrase new normal, but it, it will be a new normal. So as we are moving into the new normal, as we're moving back to the business as usual, or back onto the growth curve, We need to reinstate that trust. And today we will talk about trust in three different layers, three different angles, how we want to look at it. So trust towards our employers, to the organizations that we work for, trust towards our co-workers, our colleagues, our teams, the people that we work with. And trust towards the brands. And I loved how you started talking about the contract and you mentioned a lot of examples in the consumer world, which kind of shows in a way how we complement each other. I always start with examples from the first two mm-hmm. categories, and you always start with examples from the consumer world. So trust is the third bit to the brands that we love, the brands that we consume, and the brand that we choose to purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so we that, that's what we're
1: going to explore
0: correct that's what we're going to explore to set the scene so to set the scene um, so we we said actually um, we said this kind of three angles or three categories if you want I think what is interesting is that the elements that we are exploring across all three, there are things actually that underpin all of these different relationships. So personally, I cannot really differentiate between me as an employee, me as a team player, me as a consumer. There are some ingredients, if you want, or some elements that are there always as prerequisites of trust, of feeling trusted but also showing trust and i think one of the one of the big one of the first ones actually that come to mind is a strong and um, is being given a strong message through the shape of a strong vision and a strong mission do you do you agree with that and how and do you do you see that in the how do you feel you might need this mission and vision as a consumer
1: so it's interesting because it's for both right it's, exactly uh, from your side as you think, talking more from the employee side what is the mission vision of a company or brand do compared to the consumers yes uh, i would say the big difference when it comes to consumers is that the mission and vision which i would translate as the emotional connection mm-hmm. of the consumer with the brand or the company is more important when price is not very important okay so when you're very rational about your decisions mm-hmm. when you or when you just want a very cheap product or you just want it's all about efficiency it's all about practicality um you might not uh, need that element of trust, but with that comes uh, low expectations. Mm, okay. So I think uh, that element, uh, the extra connection and the the emotional connection that a lot of uh, companies build with a consumer, is because uh, they you know they build this trust, but also it's because they create an extra expectation from the consumers to themselves and in a way if you want we're going back to that contract that has been created by the two where i expect that from you and you know and i and i have built that relationship with you in
0: a way Mm -hmm. that's really interesting but do you think actually consumers are that rational that they can they can because they don't have enough trust maybe they have low expectations or as consumers we are always strict and we always have high expectations no matter what the price point that we pay is
1: sorry i wasn't very clear i mean that um, sometimes we are very rational when we Mm -hmm. buy something and sometimes we're more emotional which Mm -hmm. means that sometimes all we need and we go after is uh low price like Mm -hmm. um it might happen to you when you go to a store and you say which one you want and you just say the cheapest one mm-hmm. because you don't have a reason to go with a specific brand you know you don't have a reason to say that that's what i need well there's other cases where you go into a store and you say do you have this brand and they'll say no i have this other one and you will say no i want this brand mm-hmm. and you know that you want this brand for specific reasons whether it's um the trust that you have in the efficiency of the product or the trust that you have that uh, they, you know, they will support you if something happens or because you love uh, everything they stand for. So if we take an example, a great example is for instance, the brand like Patagonia.
0: Mm. Patagonia
1: is a brand that uh, has a lot of people, a lot of consumers who really love the brand, not just for, oh, for its products but for what it stands for in the world Um, i would argue that it's the same case and for the same reasons that employees working in that company love it Mm -hmm. so and i think that uh, contract goes both ways if you want because um it's that
0: extra element of
1: uh, the mission the vision the, the what the aim at what they stand for
0: yes Yes, and it's interesting, actually, because you talk about, you're absolutely right that a lot of the times um, the employees are also consumers, so they they wear both hats, really. So this vision and mission that drives them to consume, to choose the brand in the first place, to purchase it and consume it, is the same vision and mission that keeps them motivated, driven and productive when they're working for that brand. I think what is interesting, though, is that when it comes...
1: Sorry, if I could add, or when you're applying. When oh, you're yeah, applying, totally, what when you're
0: into...
1: to, to to work and uh, because we have talked before about uh, millennials and about Gen Zs, we are saying how important these elements are for them when they uh, you know, when they have other consumers, when they choose to buy as a, a product, their consumer preferences, but also when they want to work in a company, how much uh, it's important the purpose of the company yeah. before they work whilst
0: working there. so you mean the purpose making it attractive in the first place make it as attractive as an employer in the same way as it makes it attractive as a brand to purchase and consume absolutely i think the difference between what you said before if i can call it actually a difference and um, and the contract as you say between an employee and the employer is i would probably say that in all types of employment uh, no matter how cheap or quick or small or short it is uh, you need a degree of trust as an employee towards your employer and you need a degree of trust what I mean a degree you need trust I don't even know I don't even know if trust comes in degrees and if you could actually count it that way but you need trust you need trust in the strategy of the company. You need trust in the future that this company gives you, even if it is um, short, a short time, um, a short time employment. You need some type of trust that they can value your work, trust in the interpersonal relationship relationships that you build with your manager, with your leaders, with your teammates. So it's interesting how trust I find is an absolute necessity. Excuse me. In whatever form of employment you have with an organization?
1: So I think we both agree and we're both saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just that this is the emotional connection that you need to have. And all these elements that you said, I think you need to have them as a consumer. It's just that sometimes you, you don't and you're rational because you need... you 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 cannot afford to have this, or you cannot, unfortunately, you're not able to have this, and you, you will go for something that is, that's, that's what I'm saying, that's why consumers sometimes think rational, and sometimes uh, emotionally. And I think it's the case for employees as well, because you might, you might be working because you have to, in a job that is something that allows you to pay the bills and it might not give you the best um, health insurance, it might not give you the best working environment, it might not give you the best experience, but it's something that you have to do. So it's a stepping stone, it's a necessity, it's something that does not really answer your needs. And I think it's that's why I take the parallel where I think it's quite similar when it comes to consumers, where. Uh, You know, if you cannot afford something that is great, you know, it's more luxurious and has nice packaging and you'll take the cheapest one, uh, it it will be because of the necessity
0: uh, approach. That's fair, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You, no, you're right actually. And I think one of the one of the matrices that I have in my in my head is the one coming from Willis Towers Watson, so my previous employer, and um, the high performing employee experience companies matrix. That what it essentially shows is and it's very it's very interesting and it's um widely available from what I understand out there, so people actually can find it online. It's that the Um, there is essentially a layer of excellence what this matrix does is gives you all the elements of the high-performing companies and there is a layer of um, essentials so what things what elements every single company should really have in order to be high-performing because we're talking about high-performing by definition there is a layer of um, the um, I'm missing now the, the, the middle bit so it's the essentials um it's the, the middle bit which is actually to become even better than just good and then it's the excellence that the three is so I'm, I'm missing the middle one so the three is and the, the, the top part is the excellence and in the excellence is the trust so you are right actually that trust is needed in a degree even at a very minimum in a way in order to be attracted to a brand or to be attracted to a job even if this is a job just to pay the bills but the more trust you build the more excellent essentially as a company and a high-performing company you become and the more trust you feel as an employee the more engaged you are and the more productive you are because only if we feel that we trust with the company that we work for goes what it stands for the the more connected we are the more we feel we can contribute to this strategy, to this mission, to this vision, so the more motivated we are to add our efforts to it. Right? But there is, of course, an assumption that we make here that A, all companies articulate their vision and their mission, and not all of them actually do. And B, that the companies that do articulate, clearly define their mission and vision are companies that follow through essentially right and live it and breathe it throughout their um their life and the employee and customer life cycle right right that they actually walk the talk exactly they actually yes and they show it throughout throughout everything that they do so Tell me, tell me a bit. Is there anything around actually vision and mission before I move on to the next the next element that we wanted to explore? Anything from your side to add? So we talked about the importance of having vision and mission, importance for customer, importance for, for, for an employee. Is there anything from your side and your experience, anything you've seen that brands do particularly well or not that well when it comes to vision and mission that may affect the trust? The trust contract.
1: I would say, as a starting point, uh, vision and mission is really uh, what you expect from a company to do. Right, the vision is something more far-fetched, uh, the result that, whilst uh, the mission is more like how we're going to do it. And I think uh, this is a very it's very important, as you said. For both employees and consumers, that's why you have most of the companies on the website sharing their vision and mission statements because it's really what, uh, if you want, I go back to that contract that they have with both.
0: Yes, totally. And in a in a time of um of crisis, just to go back to our original context, um, I remember actually listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast that they had Simon Sinig um as a guest. Um, where Simon was saying the the importance of articulating the mission even more so today, in time of crisis, that people need to find something to focus on and to hang on from, um, in order to go through this time of ambiguity, of uncertainty, in this time that we all feel, in personal and professional levels, that we may not have the control um, that that we that we need in our in our lives. Right. So moving on to then the next the next element if you want or the next area of trust. Trust so you are you already you have identified the brand that you want to purchase, you have identified the brand of the organization that you want to work for. And then comes the trust that you have to the people that you work with and the an important cohort of these people is management, right? And leadership. How important is it to trust, to, to build trust, and to be trusted also? So it's always actually a dual, um, a two-way thing, isn't it, um, from your leaders and managers. And what do we think are the elements that can make leaders and managers to create a culture of trust?
1: I find it very interesting that how a lot of the topics we have already touched upon in the past are interconnected. And I think uh, we have really expressed the importance of uh, manage, the manager's responsibility, if you want, to make their team feel safe To in order to share anything they want. How we were saying it's important to nourish an environment where people feel safe to express themselves, to to have uh, different personalities, that they can um, feel uh, free to to be really themselves, and to not to not to expect that they will be judged, or not to expect that they cannot do mistakes. You know, different uh, exchanges of the past that really beautifully falling here, saying that this is, I think, uh, the best ingredient really for these for this environment or culture to be created is trust mm-hmm. to trust a manager that really um, has that uh, understanding when it comes to different personalities or has that leniency or has uh, uh, allows people uh, understands uh, uh, that uh, mistakes can happen and has uh, A leniency or an understanding, uh, if you want, uh, on these to an extent that um, people don't are afraid of making them. And I think uh, it's very important to have this trust element both ways, for the manager to his team that you know I trust that you're not going to lie to me. If there's a mistake, you're not going to blame each other. We're talking about the blaming game. I trust that you know there is this. transparency with each other. I trust that um, if there is an issue, you will uh, share it, you will uh, <laughs> uh, identify and let me know and plug it. But at the same time, the team uh, having trust to the leader in uh, where he or she is taking them and also trusting that, um, they can really say what they want or they, there's no judgment or there's a, a, a relationship of trust where they can say things with honesty and um, confidence,
0: confidentiality, if you want. So you did touch upon a, quite a lot of elements that make a leader, that help a leader essentially create a culture of trust. So you mentioned you mentioned honesty, now in the end, transparency. Um, you mentioned understanding, which means essentially in good understanding comes from good empathy. empathy, our favorite word empathy. But also I think as you were talking there, I think an undercurrent of a lot of things that you said is also clarity in communication, right? Because if you don't, if you're not clear, if you're not open, how can you be transparent? So, a lot of the things actually that you said are absolutely necessary in order to create a culture of trust within a team that you manage.
1: And I mentioned one more, which was trust that you know where they can lead you, which I think has to do with the competence.
0: Competence for the leader. Totally. Competence of the leader, but I think it's also important that. In both ways. Yes, true, that you can be led essentially. that to that place
1: but but you can rely on your team
0: yeah yes you have a team
1: that you can rely on them and you know you have selected the best people to do their job so you rely on their competence and also um trusting a leader that he or she can take you and lead you where
0: you have to go yes i think though again it's, um, it's important actually that this Strat- because competence, of course, it's, it has, again, a lot of elements underneath it, right? So how do you reflect that competence? Of course, through experience, right? To show that you're competent through the everyday experience, but also actually by sharing what your strategy is, by sharing how, where do I need, where do I want to lead you? That's why I said that, probably under current of a lot of things that she said, it's about actually opening up, communicating, being clear, being transparent, in order actually to know where, it's being, where, 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 where um, the team is being taken. So if I may add actually a couple of elements in this then, so we said transparency, we said openness, we said empathy. I think from a leadership perspective, it's uh, very important the word that I keep using and I'm not even sure if it's um translating correctly, but I'm using the word consistency. But I think the more I think about it, what I mean by consistency is probably predictability, that your leader has a predictable reaction or action, not necessarily reaction, to things actually that are happening. So they have a consistent way of showing and reflecting their competence that you said, the transparency, the openness. So I think that strong leadership that can create trust is almost the same, the analogy with um, the kids, children in a family. Um, I, had, I had read somewhere, I cannot remember, so I cannot um, cite them. the source, that key, what kids need is predictability from their parents so they know, so they understand actually their boundaries. So if every time that you as a kid do something and you get a different reaction back, so you have a very unpredictable, essentially, experience, You you cannot understand, you cannot define what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. And I think, whenever I think about teams and whenever I think about leadership, I draw a lot of analogies between the system of a team and the system of a family. So I think predictability also is key. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I think, um, so you talk about consistency, you talk about... um,
0: Predictability
1: predictability and and then it also leads to reliability, right?
0: Very true, very true.
1: Because when you are predictable, uh, whether it's within the team or as you said, in a family environment, uh, then you are reliable as well. They rely on you because they know that when you say that, you mean that, when you do that, uh, it means this. And, um, yeah, and I think it's uh, very interesting because I think what you mentioned makes me think a little bit of coding like uh, when you are not um, in the tech environment, but in the language environment, how we have codes of communications, uh, so you know when people say something or react somehow what that means and that builds up uh, reliability because is as you say, it's a pattern that you identify Uh, but also it's somehow I think helps a trust element because you know what to expect right Uh, and I think uh, it's true it does help to to create that trust within uh, any kind of relationship whether it's personal whether it's with a friend of yours or a professional
0: one. Yes. Yes. I like what you say about actually coding that is actually, it's a set of, it's almost like a set of unwritten rules, right? That we have agreed in, and only if you follow them consistently and reliably, as you very rightly say, I can trust that there is a pattern there. And these are the codes of our communication for our relationship. Anything so we else? Go back. Say that again, please.
1: We go back to the contract in a, in a sense.
0: We are. They're all elements, actually, of the contract. Yeah, you're so you're so right. Patterns related. As, a,
1: as um, you know, we're thinking both back into our law studies, uh, and now you make me think of my contract law class. It's an invitation to treat that worries me a little bit when it comes to contracts. So not having that uh, always clear contract with yeah. you
0: yes i like i love i love how you're now testing testing my knowledge on that legal geeky joke
1: parenthesis. our
0: legal yeah our legal friends our our law friends actually will get it um so anything that we would add to this set of behaviors when it comes to the team because i think a lot of these behaviors actually are also necessary in order to build trust within the team right so predictability. So you team. say
1: with peers, let's say so exactly. So we talk it's about a
0: wide, exactly. Without necessarily. But any subordination, essentially. So leadership. I guess there is a bit higher expectation in terms of they lead, they decide, they show the direction. Whereas within a team, you again, you need empathy, you need openness, you need honesty. Anything else that we would add? Uh, as elements yes to build trust you mean? Mm-hmm. to build trust
1: um we talked about honesty and uh, transparency uh, i think it's um uh, very important to also have um strong ethics mm-hmm. uh, knowing that someone um is on the right side is someone who you know does not lie does um, is a person of the word uh, and a word that combines all of these elements together is probably integrity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so but i think a word ethics are very important when it comes to trust which again it's not something written it's not something that uh, you know you you can uh, know that people have unless uh, you work with people so i think it's all these elements of really seeing uh, developing your empathy your integrity uh your reliability uh and your competence uh, all these elements and the other elements that we have talked about that uh can lead to to trust within uh, a team or within anything really and uh There is something that I call the trustometer uh, which I think um, we could say that uh, any kind of relationship really has it. So I usually say when you start a new job, when you enter a new job, well people don't know you at all because they never worked with you, they never see you before, they never exchanged with you before. Um, there is, I would say, a trust uh, element of 55 to 60%. Mm-hmm. I would say it's above average, basically. It's above uh, 50%. And the reason is that you have really, mainly you have passed your interviews. Yes. You are a part of this company. For some reason, you are the selected one. You are the one was managed to show that you you can fit in the culture, you have the skills that are needed, you have already won over your hiring manager. So there is that element of trust that you can do the job, you can deliver. Mm -hmm. However, by no means it's at 100%. -hmm. They trust you more than average, but it's uh, way below a full glass. Uh, so that means that there's a lot of work that can be done and has to be done in order to gain people's trust on the daily. You have to you know, prove that you are there for a reason. You have to start working, you have to build those relationships. Yeah. And um, just as you can uh, fill that glass, uh, you can also empty it. Yeah. And you can do things that uh, can easily... Make you go below average as you're so close to it um, by doing the wrong things, right? that Your trust is not given, your trust is earned. And that, for me, that's the most important thing. And the most important lesson,
0: really, is that
1: trust is earned and trust is not given.
0: That's a really, yeah, that's an excellent point because, as you said, actually, even when you start with your 60%, it's not that you're being granted the 60% out of thin air or by pure chance, you've been, again, uh, you have earned it through the recruitment process, which again, assumes a really good filtering through the recruitment process, right, that will really identify the the characteristics that the company needs in that person in order to trust them, even at 60%, as you say, uh, in the very beginning. But I think what you said actually earlier about integrity and ethics, I think it's such an important, such an important actually point. For me, going back to the the team situation, it's very important that the people around you know what you stand for. So it's not, because we all don't all have, we don't all define ethics in the same way. We don't all have the same moral compass, right? But at least... And we don't talk about morality here we talk about actually strong principles right but we have strong principles that naturally will be moral not immoral principles naturally we talk talk about moral principles but we're not here to judge someone's morality i think what is very important in a team um, environment and definitely i can say that from my experience is that i want to understand what motivates the people around me and again being clear what they what they what they stand for where they're coming from, and what is that that drives them, essentially. So we're going, I think, back to the also clarity piece about saying out loud what we all stand here for and what drives us. And going, so we can sorry, go on, go on. Now I'm gonna
1: regress. No, which I was saying again, it has to, do what what we were saying previously about different personalities, how different people are driven by different things. Uh, And uh, it's, uh, that's why I think it's very important to have that culture of trust where people can be themselves, you know, they don't have to uh, force themselves to fit in a particular type of environment, maybe as it used to be in the past, but more to be allowed to be themselves. I'll give a simple example. Uh, Some people are not morning people and uh, the way our um, school environment and our work environment has been built is that uh, everything starts in the morning. Uh, Whilst now you see companies having more flexible timings where people can come a little bit uh, later and live a little bit later and can uh, have more uh, agile working conditions. That again, uh, it shows how it's okay to have um, a different kind of environment. You can, and it's okay to say it, you know, that's where I think trust is important where uh, it's uh, fine to say I'm coming a little bit later, not because I'm lazy and I want to sleep, is because my uh, you know, performance hours are a bit later. So as I want to perform better, I'm um, doing that. And uh, and this is where I think it's important, that, that leap of faith, because I think when we talk about trust, we have to talk about that leap of faith, where you do with the person that you trust uh, in any condition. So in that particular example, it's where you can share that, I want to start, for instance, a little bit later because of so-and-so. And how the company does not just have a policy to you know tick a box, but is really uh, allowing that kind of um uh, flexibility uh, because uh, you know you can trust them and they have created that culture.
0: Yes, although I think the leap of faith you are taking the first time round, right? It's the the, the, yeah. the leap of faith. Yeah, yeah. It's only relevant the first time that you give, that you show this trust to a person before you know how they will use that trust. After the first leap of faith comes all the different elements that we mentioned before. And I think that's a really good example to test the elements that we shared before. Comes the, the clarity in communication. So you need actually to be open and share with your team that I will be coming later. I mean, you don't need to say the why necessarily, but at least to tell them upfront. So it's about clarity, honesty, transparency, and then you, of course you need consistency and predictability in the way you perform while you're coming late. So I think it's a good example to test that the different words that we exchanged earlier ring true, right, in order to build, to build trust, even in that case.
1: yeah
0: tell me now so just to touch on then the final in a way piece that we said so we we mentioned the vision and mission we mentioned the leadership and management and the team and how you can build trust or what elements essentially help to build trust and going full circle back to what we started from the consumer how do you build trust there with consumers, with clients, with people who purchase and consume your brand. And by brand, I mean products or services, right? It's not necessarily always a product that someone uses.
1: So I think a lot of these elements that we talked about Mm -hmm. also are important to consumers. Mm -hmm. So having, um, uh, for instance, we talked about integrity, so it's very important for consumers to know that uh, the, the morality behind a company or behind a brand that, uh, you know, what they stand for, what they say is actually something that they they do. Uh, so I think that's very important. Um, when it comes to empathy, it's uh, really, again, that emotional connection that they built with uh, their with their consumers, but also it's very interesting because um, empathy with their employees can also translate to their relationship with consumers. And I think we saw it now, Uh, the companies and the way they acted or reacted to COVID, uh, it was uh, a lot of uh, consumers did not say, why did you close that store? it's not convenient for me, uh, you know, it's annoying, they would say, why are you still open? And uh, you know, you have people working while it's dangerous, and I'll boycott you, for instance. So they really rewarded people who, and companies who had that empathy towards their employers, uh, which it's really interesting to see how these two are really uh, related and how it translates to consumers. And then uh, also, um, competence, competence here, I would say it's really the quality, the excellence of quality, knowing that, you know, when you're buying, you're getting your money's worth, it's uh, the best possible product for what you could buy. And uh, it it, uh, really answers your needs or your emotions, you know? Uh, For instance, a product like a fragrance does not really answer specific needs, but, um, it will be the one that uh, will bring you back to a memory or will bring other emotions, but it, making sure that it is that uh, uh, product that it's um, the best that uh, you could have for your money's worth. And then talking about um, reliability is uh, that consistency that you were saying. So, for instance, if I buy this product, uh, this cleaning product, Uh, I don't like it when it will clean once, but then next time it won't clean very well, obviously, right? You want to make sure that uh, if you're buying this product, uh, what comes with the brand, what comes with the trust, what comes with the promise, it's it's also delivering what uh, you expect it to do. And this is really interesting. And um, I'm going to regress uh, again today uh, on the fact that uh, there's a big uh, tendency for organic products uh, nowadays. Mm -hmm. And uh, mainly uh, when it comes to, for instance, cosmetics. And uh, nature is unpredictable. (laughs) And that's what's uh, really interesting because um, what I've noticed with a lot of my friends when we talk about uh, organic products is that uh, you have to also change your consumer behavior when you buy these products because you cannot expect that that product will behave the same way every time because uh, nature changes, you know, climate is not stable, um, maybe some ingredients won't be available for that part that year or uh, maybe some percentages will be a bit off. So it's uh, really interesting, whilst we have that trend of going uh, towards more organic for a lot of reasons, at the same time, it's very important that we have to adjust a little bit, our, if you want, our trust on that product that it will always deliver.
0: So it's um, an expectation. That's really interesting because I had never thought about organic products that way. Maybe it, it I mean, judging for myself, probably I need to be educated on exactly what we mean by organic products, because I guess it's all, it all depends on the degree of how pure they are. Now you are describing probably an organic pro- product at its purest form, yeah. right? Like, because when you said organic for a moment there, I thought, um, any kind of beauty products, for example, that are organic and you put on your skin. And I have never thought that, yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Maybe an ingredient is not, is not found uh, due to the climate change, for example, or is not found in the same yeah. quantities due to the climate change any, any longer. So maybe the, we need some education around that as well, because you're right. It's the same old expectations in the old ways of manufacturing and producing goods, which now are changing. That's really interesting. Um, As we about-
1: to uh, the trust element, I think it's uh, that's why I mentioned it because it's, it's very interesting how uh, consistency is one of the elements that we expect usually in a product, in a brand. Like uh, that, uh, every time I buy this product, I expect mm-hmm. that um, you know it will
0: uh, it works be like, like
1: that. that. Mm-hmm. By the way, another example is alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, just as uh, interesting for people who are wine connoisseurs or even, uh, you know, it could be beer, it could be gin, it could be any kind of alcohol that it's not every year the same, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, you can have two bottles and, uh, you know, which is the exact same brand, but you can really taste the difference or it can be a different year, it can be, you um, uh, a lot of elements that can actually have a, a difference uh, that, that will have an effect. So you trust, for instance, that, you know, they they have done the best in order to, and, and they follow their specific distillation method, etc. You trust a lot of elements, uh, but um, it, it's interesting the consistency that can also be
0: um challenged in different products that's really interesting because what what you 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 may be saying there which again is probably needs a lot more actually unpacking but it's probably that the trust is shifting that you need to trust the effort that has gone into that and maybe the outcome is not always the same but so the trust trust is needed again absolutely in order to choose the product that you're going to purchase and use and consume but what is changing is the, the emphasis of this trust, is trust on the effort, so the maybe, process. So it's very interesting, the process, I think is the word
1: that you say, the, the methodology. Yeah. So you, you trust consistency in that, even if the results are different, but there is some consistency as you say. So yes, again, we got it right. We got the <laughs> elements of proving the elements of trust. And um, for me, it's really interesting when speaking about trust, uh, uh, there's um, a great uh, uh, Oxford uh, University lecturer, Rachel Botsman, who, I was really lucky to to have as a, um, a lecturer at the time when I was there, who talks about the four pillars of trustworthiness and has identified uh, the those four pillars that we have been talking about: uh, integrity, empathy, competence, and um, reliability. And uh, she is someone who is uh, really an authority in, when it comes to trust, but also. Um, is uh, um, someone who has studied a lot what we talk, uh, what we call collaborative economy. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, For me, it's particularly interesting because it's uh, all these industries that have disrupted a lot of the traditional industries that have been built on trust. So Mm -hmm. if we take, for instance, the um, hospitality industry, Let's take a a known uh, brand, a known chain uh, that you know, I'll take an example of Hilton for no reason, that uh, you you know them, uh, you know the kind of quality you can expect uh, and um, it's something that was built really as a reassurance brand, as a brand that you would go and you would be able to have those services and this kind of experience. Suddenly, this has been disrupted, and not just this brand, but uh, all of the hospitality industry by Airbnb, you know, a completely new way of uh, experiencing holidays of uh, suddenly going to a stranger's place uh, who you don't know, who you have never met, so you have no reassurances that it's a good person, that you don't know whether, Um, The place will even be clean, you know, to start with, uh, not to talk about your safety. Uh, And yet, uh, you prefer that. You see that a lot of people end up preferring that, uh, uh, going towards that uh, direction. Similarly to Uber, going away from um, a licensed taxi that has been, uh, you know, government uh, regulated to some people who... Can pick you up and you don't really know them, you don't really know where you're going to end up. But we have those platforms that give us that trust, that create that trust and that reassurance because there's reviews, there is um, a trust element that we started building towards the uh, brands of Uber or Airbnb. And then there is of course the uh, ranking element, you know, the fact that you can see how many stars they have, and that will give you a reassurance of how good or bad it is uh, to to go ahead. So a completely uh, new way of the way we trust and the way we we judge uh, whether we can um, take a taxi or go on holidays. Uh, But I think what's really also important to talk about and what's particularly interesting is how during this period, how during this crisis, we see that people are going back to normality and how a lot of people are trusting more, um, more traditional, uh, if you want, industries. Uh, industry. So, Airbnb, I think it was an article in the Guardian saying has the disruptor being disrupted and uh, how we see that, you know, they had to fire 25% of their staff, um, Uber is closing a lot of uh, affiliates, there's uh, in uh, collaborative economy, other kind of startups, again, we see that a lot of them um, have uh, difficulties performing during this period. And it's a lot of the consumers are going back to what we say uh, uh, traditional institutions or big brands or heroes or hero products, the ones that they loved. Uh, And a lot of the indie brands disappear uh, during this period and the focus is more on their beloved uh, brands. So it's in moments like that, in crises like that, that we really see how trust to a brand, to a company, it's really important. And uh, going back to what you were saying at the beginning, it's uh, in periods of crisis.
0: Yes, and it's, it's fascinating. Everything, I mean, talking us through this collaborative economy as you said right a consumption. Or sharing economy. or sharing economy it's it's really it's really interesting extraordinary because again it reinforces the point that trust is there or needs to be there it's the forms of trust that is probably changing or the way that we're trusting that's probably shifting or the way that we emphasize trust that's probably slightly um Transforming, but trust as a notion and trust as a need and trust as a concept remains there. We people need trust. And what I find particularly fascinating in everything you said is when you, you mentioned the four pillars that Rachel um, is, Boltzmann is um, sharing, is how they transfer to the internal world of organizations. As much as they do stand for the external world of of consumer, so everything you said about integrity is what we talked about um, principles and clarity and honesty and transparency. You talked about competence, which is again it's about direction and vision and mission and driving us um, with with a strategy. Um, it's about, as you said, the honesty or empathy, I think you mentioned. Um, so all of these pieces are pieces actually that absolutely stand in the internal world of organizations as well. So that's great.
1: So yeah, they're very interrelated.
0: It's what we need, I think, as human beings is to trust, be trusted, be seen be valued in reaction to be able to give what we're giving either as consumers in every in any role that we're taking other as consumers or as employees brilliant so i'm just keeping an eye on on the time and i think it's the best time actually to to wrap up and um, i love how you kind of think you concluded with also in a way confirming everything we've been saying through the lens of an expert and giving us the four pillars and that everything that we talked about really falls in so phew phew everything we said does does fall under these this pillars so, that, so that's good any final words of wisdom from your side around trust
1: I trust you, Alva. <laughs> trust and declare. And I trust that you will give a very good uh, outro or closure to this discussion.
0: Oh. Well, I think I think we literally we only opened up the door to such a big subject. Uh, I would I would love to re-explore it um, with you, maybe from one of the different angles because it has so much depth to it. I think what is extraordinary for me is that trust is is a need that has always been there. And we've all always have felt that we need uh, to trust, but also be trusted, as we said before, no matter which role we're playing in this economy and no matter what role we're playing in this society. And even more so at times of crisis, we need to, have something and someone to place our trust on in order to be able to navigate all these difficult these difficult times of uncertainty and of not knowing what comes next but thank you so much for being my trusted partner in that journey (laughs) thank you Olga. thank you thank you